Hey everybody, this is Jeb Jarrell with Two Glasses of Bourbon. I'm super excited this week because uh, this is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I'm just going to set the stage by saying I'm sitting here at a table with three people who I will introduce in just a second. We have, I'm guessing, 15 bottles. I'm not going to count them. But it's a, it's a good time. It's a good day and we're going to have a great conversation. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the history of bourbon as far as where the vintage market is right now because I know a lot of people, uh, myself included, really love those dusty bottles. We're also going to talk about where the bourbon market is going, and I have two really interesting people who can talk really well to that. So uh, with that, I'm joined by Brian Booth of Justin's House of Bourbon. He's going to tell us about kind of the vintage market, because if you want to sell or buy vintage bourbon, you know, Booth is the person to go to. Boothy is the guy to go to for this. Uh, also joined by Samantha Ward with Old Carter, and then uh, Pablo Moy. Moy, correct? Just want to make sure I'm getting that right. Yes. So uh, Pablo is with Old Lightning and also Rare Character, which is an awesome single barrel pick brand for people to go to. So, uh, oh, and Old Lightning was also nominated for, what was it, 2019 James Beard Award? Correct. That is amazing. So I I appreciate all of your time today. Thanks for coming. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in. You know, Booth, looking at the vintage market. Well, first, tell me about Justin's House of Bourbon. For everyone who doesn't know and who hasn't been here, first off, you need to come down here, either in Lexington or Louisville. It is the place to come to where you can see bourbons you'll see nowhere else except for maybe Old Lightning. Well, definitely Old Lightning. But <laughs> yes, these are the two places you need to go. So jump, go ahead. I appreciate that, Jeb. Thank you for, uh, for, for having me today. So <clears throat> Justin's House of Bourbon, we house the largest diverse bourbon collection to purchase uh, in the world. Um, we got pre-prohibition bottles to today. We got bottles, you know, from normal distribution starting at around $10 on up. Um, wh whatever your profile, whatever you're really needing, um, we can we can definitely, definitely accommodate <clears throat> what your what your bourbon needs are. Uh, both locations, Lexington Louisville, have uh, bars that you can try anything from vintage to today and, and, and we would love to um, like I said accommodate whatever your bourbon needs are um, but what, let's let's go into this vintage realm for a minute <clears throat> so um, what we got poured for us for today and cheers fellers and fellerettes so we've got a 12 year old Carter from the early 70s I'm sorry, Old Charter. Thank you. <laughs> We've got Samantha Ward from Old Carter. <laughs> I'm here to correct. She, she just corrected me. My apologies there. We've got a 12-year from Old Charter that was here in Louisville. Um, so we're, 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 we're sipping on that today. But <clears throat> let's get into the vintage realm a minute. You know, Scotch, has, Scotch and other whiskeys have, have made their landmark um, in, in the vintage realm for decades now. Uh, bourbon has done that here in the in, in the recent years, and and really has made its landmark as well in, in being solidified into a vintage realm, and and I think we as Justin's House of Bourbon have really you know brought this into the forefront and in the spotlight of uh, of this industry. Um, we authenticate bottles. We, we, um, you know, we can uh, we can uh, um, authenticate bottles for insurance companies for insurance purposes, things like that. And um, you know, we we've 
like I said, we are the authority in bourbon, in my opinion. I think that makes sense. I mean, this is one of the coolest places where, like I said, if you haven't been here, you need to be, you need to visit. Um, it's the coolest place because people come into town, especially like whenever I have friends visiting from elsewhere. They say, Jeff, where can I find a pack? And don't get me wrong. It, yes, you roll your eyes a little bit, but this is the only place where I can say, show up, and you'll see half a dozen or a dozen of them on the shelf. Consistently. Consistently. They're always here. Now, what's even cooler is you also have the pre-prohibition bottles and everything from, I mean, I'm guessing, what's the earliest bottle that you have? We've got the earliest bottle we got right now is from 1909. It's an old overhaul rye. Um, cool. One of the coolest bottles we have is an OFC from Old Fashioned Copper. What is, what is now, you know, that was the original distillery, what is now the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Um, from the 20s, which is really, really cool, um, and, and really showstopper there. Uh, and then we also got the uh, more modern OFC bottles as well. So we 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 combine that that you know the the original with the contemporary, and then we can tell those stories uh, about those brands and bottles and distilleries that really connect people with what was yesterday into what is today. So let's talk about the the vintage bourbon market, the dusty market for a second. Uh, because you guys are in a special position where you're able to buy and sell, whereas legally you can't really do that many other places. Correct. So what does that market look like? You know, if someone says, hey, you know, I've got grandpa's bottles that uh, he passed away, I don't know what to do with these. Uh, can they bring them in? I mean, can they call you and see what, what they're worth or anything like that? Absolutely. So let's go into that for a minute. So what Jeb is talking about, fellas and fellerettes and ladies and gentlemen, is is the Vintage Spirits Law, um, House Bill 100. Um, this was passed in late 2017. Um, it was enacted January 1st, 2018. And then uh, we were open as a brick and mortar store in uh, second week of February of 2018. Um, so what he's basically saying is, is anybody that has a packaged liquor license in Kentucky can purchase quote-unquote uh, vintage bottles from private collections, which means people can come in and sell you <clears throat> bottles of bourbon, rye, or anything that's, that's considered a vintage spirit. Um, and what we do here is we take it a step beyond and is, is, is we authenticate those bottles that are considered vintage spirits and, 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 and back those up because we are the authority, in my opinion, of what is bourbon um, when it comes to the vintage, the, the vintage spirits realm. So yes. Well, that is very helpful. So. What are some of the brands, or what are some of the bottles out there that are uh, interesting? Or let me actually let me ask, rephrase that, or completely change the question. Uh, what is the market like for vintage bourbon right now? <clears throat> it, vintage bourbon, quote unquote, vintage bourbon right now uh, market is a just a booming industry. Let's just just you know let's just say what it is. Um, you know. Bourbon used to be your your grandfather's, you know, your liquor. You know, no one's really interested in it, and no one was really, you know, behind it. It was all about the queer spirits back in the back in the '90s and and into the early 2000s. When it come to mid 2000s, you had 
you had some brands popping up, Angels Envy. You had some brands popping up as 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 forefront runners into making bourbon popular, right? With cash drinks, you know, Heaven Hill Maker's comes Mark. out, Maker's Mark, absolutely, Miss Sam. So you 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 had these you had these players coming into the realm of hey, let's make bourbon interesting. Let's make bourbon let's make bourbon really, you know kind of intriguing, you know, especially with Angels Envy when they came out with their with their uh, port wine cast um, finished bourbon. You know, that, that really set the tone, in my opinion, into a realm of, okay, this, this, this is great bourbon. Like, what it did was, is it got people who were on the fence about bourbon liking bourbon. It got the people on the fence of, I didn't know if I liked a, a bourbon cocktail to like bourbon cocktails. So it really, it, it fed both realms. And then when they came out with their, with their cash strength, that's really what put them on the map, and that's what really skyrocketed. And of course, you had the Pappy story and heist and, and whatnot there of what people know of, of about that documentary. So, you know, it, it was all this conglomerate of, of things of, that snowballed into what is now a booming business, a business that is absolutely flourishing that I love um, because not only is it about bourbon, but it's also about Kentucky and first and, 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 and ultimately it's about the intimate spirit of America it's like bourbon is you can only call it bourbon if it's made in the United States you know the early 60s a lot of people think it's Kentucky and that's a huge misconception absolutely <laughs> thank you Miss Sam so <clears throat> so bourbon is a product of the United States Congress deemed bourbon to be a distinct product of the United States in the early 60s, all right? So this, this became, this is huge because now we, the people, we, the people of America, now have our own intimate spirit that brings people together. And that's beautiful. That's what we're doing today. That's why you all are listening to us today because of this beautiful brown juice of America. And, 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 and forget about vintage, forget about contemporary. It's not about this brand or that brand or what did this or what did that. It, 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 it's about more of a rooted connection with people. Bourbon brings people together. Absolutely. So I want to jump in here for one th- second and just say one of my biggest things has been, whether it's in bourbon, whether it's in wine, cigars, I don't care. It's about the connection. It's about the people, like you're saying. And it's about the memories you have while you're drinking it. And so if you have a bottle that's sitting on the shelf and you're thinking, you know what? I'm going to save this for 20 years on down the road. Don't do that. Just drink it. Get some friends over. And actually, Booth and I had some uh, some old four, or some uh, four Roses yesterday from the 40s that was super cool. And you know, the thing is, I'm going to have some people over later this week or maybe next week. Because why save it? You never know. Something can happen. To your point, it's about the memories that you make. And something I'd like to add about Dusty's is just working with them. The really cool thing is when people bring them in to talk about them, most of these people have no idea what they found in their grandparents' basement. They have no idea if it's worth money. They don't know if it's good. So they bring it into us. They ask us about it. And then they tell us this cool story about their family and how their grandparents came to get this bottle. 90% of the time, they worked at one of the distilleries when they were younger because they lived in one of the small towns. 
So it's got a lot of really, and they were just given to it. Like Heaven Hill would just give out these cool bottles for Christmas presents. These people would never open them. And now like 80 years later, they're finding their way unopened into our shop so that we can talk about them now. I think that's pretty cool. That is awesome. I, I would absolutely agree. So so it's, it's just not about what, what we give the client or what we sell the client. It's about reassurance to the people that are selling us the bottle that this bottle is going to be preserved, this bottle is going to be enjoyed by a person or persons that love bourbon. And, 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 that's, and, and that's what makes it full circle, right? If you can fulfill the, the needs of the person who is selling you the bottle and fulfill the needs who's buying that bottle, that, that makes everybody comfortable. And, and, that's, and that's what really, really unites us with, with, with the intimate you know, spirit of America. So I got one more question, and it's a good segue from that, and then we'll move on to Samantha and Pablo. But out of all the people who have come in who have brought bottles, uh, are there any stories that really stick out? Is there one bottle that you say, you know what, that was a cool story for how it ended up here? I I do have a cool story, and it's not a bottle that we procured here. Well, that's okay. Um, it's one of my. It is my favorite vintage ever. Um, and how I shared it was very, um, it, it, it connected really well. So I had a very good friend who procured a bottle of James E. Pepper, Pepper from 1948, Bottle and Um This gentleman just uh, had a newborn uh, baby girl um, not too long after he cracked this bottle and he decided to share this bottle with me and me only and I was thoroughly appreciative of, of all this and don't care how many bottles I sip I don't care how many stories I have or, or the experiences I encounter that will always go down as the most intimate <clears throat> conversation I've ever had with a friend in my entire life and that's the point of bourbon. That's absolutely the point of bourbon. Intimate. Come together. Connecting over the history Connecting. of bourbon is such a cool and underrated thing. Because it really is about the history. Like, people that love bourbon, they love to learn about it because it's got such a cool past. You're absolutely right. And let's go ahead and talk. What's the history of Old Carter? Um, so Mark and Sherry Carter, they actually live in California. Um, well, they live part-time here now in Kentucky and part-time in California. They do a lot of traveling. So Mark Carter is a very self-made man. He, along with his wife, Sherry, they have a vineyard in California. It's the, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Carter, Old Carter, uh, winery. And they do that a good amount of the time. Then they came here and they actually blend. So that's... A lot of people think that uh, when you try, for example, Buffalo Trace, when you try all these different things, that they're all put into barrels, you know, done by the company. But not necessarily. There's a lot of brands out there that actually buy these barrels from these bigger companies and they blend themselves until they come up with, uh, you know, what they consider is like perfect. So that's what Mark and Sherry do. Mark has got such an incredible palette. Right now, one of my favorite products that they have is going to be the 13-year-old American whiskey. It's, 
It's an American whiskey, not a bourbon, because it breaks two of the bourbon rules. It goes into the barrel at too high of a percentage to be called bourbon, and one of the products that they use to blend is actually put into the uh, not a brand new charred barrel. So, but it is one of my favorite products. It's a higher proof product, but it's got the craziest notes. The finish is sour candy. It's just such an interesting bottle. Um, so they just both have really incredible palettes and make some just awesome, very unique products. Uh, they have been talking recently about maybe doing their own distillate, but we'll see where that's going to happen in the future. But they're definitely building their brand right now. Um, they're just some really cool people. Like they've got some amazing products there. If you guys love Old Carter and you're in Kentucky, shoot them a message on Instagram. They would probably meet with you and show you about their product. Awesome people. I, honestly, that is a pretty big offer right there. That's very cool. They're really good. They love their customers. They love their clientele. They want to talk about bourbon. It's their passion. So what I'm hearing is I'm probably going to be showing you a message after this meeting or after this uh, recording. And Make say, sure to drop my name. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> be like, hey, do you all want to be on the podcast? So absolutely. Pablo, let's talk about your brand right now. Let's talk about what you're doing. Because we'll take a second. Introduce that. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Pablo, so as introduced, I'm a rare character whiskey company, you know, formerly from Old Lightning, which is known for kind of rare booze. And um, what I'm currently doing right now is kind of identifying unique uh, barrels, mash bills, sources, aging practices, you know, whether it's still here and aged there, like how that affects whiskey and kind of the broaden the conversation beyond what is what you expect from like the problem with my opinion with bourbon is that bourbon is led by X amount of companies who have definitive brands, definitive flavor profiles, and that is it. So whether you're a Weller drinker, an Elijah Craig drinker, a, you know, a quality house drinker, you know, whatever it is. You expect them to taste the same. The same. Now, the, the argument is, and I won't quote this person by name, but the argument is, you walk into a bar anywhere in the planet, the, the, the sphere of the, this planet, and you say, I want a glass of whiskey, they'll pour you a bottle, they'll pour you some scotch, right? So that's nine out of 10 times. We are now in 2022, COVID planet. We're at eight out of 10 times for the planet. So we're not at five and five, but it's still scotch. Until it becomes bourbon, it will be what it is. But the important thing is, is the model of the doer's bottle. A, a bottle of Dewar's in 1920s, bottle of Dewar's in 1950s, bottle of Dewar's in 2000, in Dubai, in California, in Kentucky, or New York, will taste exactly the same. A Dewar's drinker is a Dewar's drinker. A Johnny Walker black label drinker is a Johnny Walker black label drinker. So I like, for example, the card is doing their slightly disruptive. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're in just has bourbon. This is this entire place desire of being disruptive. And in my case, the same thing is about being disruptive. It's like, we're, I'm not trying to hit a fair profile. Mind you, I have a, what's called a single barrel series. That is me identifying small lots of barrels. That lot can be from one barrel to 10 barrels that I th feel are like are unique or different or all flare profile. I'm not trying to like um, hit a thing. I'm not trying to like 
um, uh, unify a community. It's like, this is different, this is unique. Mind you, I have a brand coming later this year, but for now it's like, and for now and forever, as long as I'll allow me to do this until someone serves me a cease and desist and someone takes me down physically and like beats me to death, I'll continue to find unique casks um, that'll broaden the kind of what you expect from something because the expectation of a Kentucky bourbon, expectation of what's now a Leo category, right? In the style rye, mm-hmm. what is expected from Leo category, um, Tennessee whiskey, and quasi, not legal, but empire style rye, which is in New York. Um, there's things you expect, and I wanted to, this, I want to be very disruptive within that space. And I think that's so interesting because it kind of, we we're talking beforehand, and it harkens back to. Julian Van Winkle back, you know, 20 years ago when he was carrying bourbon around. And if you wanted a barrel for yourself, for your business, for whatever group, you could do that. So is it fair that you would be able to do something similar with your single barrel selects? Yeah, totally. He was like literally rolling a wheelie bag, <laughs> you know, and like, like, like not very different than me, you know, like telling a story as to why you should buy this 18 year old bourbon barrel you know to you know Danny Meyer at Blue Smoke or you know whatever whatever place he was and then people would be like they try it and they go wow this sweet bourbon man it's pretty good where is this made oh uh, you know, it's thing like you know my dad made it sit so well or it's, I don't know it's like well how much is the bottle 40 bucks or whatever it was at the time they're like well I don't know they, I'm sure they probably like haggled them you know what I mean but you know he got it through and you know and then and in that you know people were in the store they try it and they go wow this is great so you know my hope is it's kind of the same thing is um, at the time when it was death of bourbon right when people were we couldn't give it for free so I uh, by finding identifying good barrels um, communicating, you know, what the retailer or the bar or whatever um, wants to communicate to make that something people will enjoy or identify. Because the sad thing is, in, in her case, she worked for Oak Carter. Those are hard to come by. They sure are. Yeah, and, not and, everyone can buy one. I, I was, can't even I will, find them. <laughs> and I will say this, uh, Pablo. <clears throat> I, I'm always skeptical of new players in the game. I was skeptical of old. old of old Carter when it was in the game. I'm most I'm I'm always skeptical of when I see new players enter, and I I have to say I was thoroughly impressed. I was thoroughly impressed by some of the barrel picks that you shared with us today, and, and we greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that rye was awesome. The first um, one I tried, I really I, liked that. I was you. thoroughly impressed by your barrel picks that you showed us today, not only first and foremost with the juice, but also with the unique labeling that characterizes of that place in which it's picked from. So you, in, in my opinion, you're absolutely doing it right. In my opinion, I, I think, I think you, you, you can solidify yourself in this new bourbon realm that needs to happen with these unique barrel picks. So, 
Pablo, I, I got to say cheers to you. Cheers. Um, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers to new and old and and uh, everything in between here, fellas and fellerettes. And that's really the point. Like, you can like Dusty's. You can like new stuff. You can like middle ground. It doesn't matter what you like, what you can talk about, what brings us all together. Like, that's kind of the point. So, Pablo, I'm kind of curious on that. You said that, you know, there's not a unifying flavor profile between most of your single barrel picks. So when you're tasting a barrel and, you know, you've got a great palate, that's obvious. What makes a barrel stand out to you one versus the next? So to be really honest, when I try them, the first thing is, is it delicious? Like, is it, is it delicious? Right? That's uh, the thing. Once it hits that point, then it's like, it's is this reminiscent of something, right? Because within these mash bill worlds, there's a lot of limitations because sadly, very few people share very different yeast producers. You know, there's pretty much two that own the game. I won't name them. Um, you know, like as far as cast, there's a couple of people who do all the cast stuff so that, that involves in flavor, right? So, um, I try them and I go, okay, is this good? Yes. And then it's like, is this remind me of something that I love? And then if it doesn't, I ask myself, well, is this a flavor that I want to like pursue further or something I would ignore? Is this remind me of something that I love? Why could this, something that I can age further and then really more amplify that thing that I really enjoy? Or something that will get real nasty. But the most important thing is, I, I think, is for now is connectivity. I think connectivity is important. I think connectivity is important. Even in this place, right? We're just out of the bourbon. So we'll walk in the store right now today and go, hey man, like I want to buy some bourbon. And then, you know, they'll talk to the booth and then he'll kind of walk him through. They'll walk him through experiences. Like I've been a maker circuit forever. My dad's a collector. I have every whatever. And he'll already go, okay, you like weeded bourbons, that's barrel and shoe 110, if that matters or not. And it'll kind of walk him through those things. You know, in the case of Carter whiskeys, you know, they're kind of very broad. So I go, oh, I've, I've identified this brand years ago, blah, blah, blah. and then he will automatically know, oh, I know what those fair profiles are, and be able to recommend things within that gamut. My thing is, like, I'm slightly disrupted because, it's like, I like things that are so off fair profile, but I like things that are so on fair profile, right? So it's like, this is exactly what you expect from a, what's now a Leo Cutter in an SRI. And this is so far from it within the same mash bill that it's almost like, it's almost like amazing if you do it properly, right? If you taste them, if you do flights well, of things. I mean, I, I think what you're doing, Pablo, is, is a very interesting thing here because you're hitting in a niche where you're, you're making a bourbon brand solely on barrel picks. You know, I mean, that's what rare character is, right? And, 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 and that's what, and it speaks for itself, rare character being, hey, this is a character of the person or place that is picking this. And, and, and I think you're doing a great job of it. Um, you've got some unique barrels you know, that, that I've tried here today, we've had over at least seven um, that have been very, very good, all differentiating in themselves. Um, two of which I wish we had here at Dallas Bourbon. So yeah, man, I, I, 
I, I think I think you've hit a niche really well. Thank you. So I'm kind of curious. You know, when you're going to look for these barrels, do you go to the distillery and say, hey, you know, pull up. This is kind of what I have in mind. So I want a 95.5 ride. And so can you pull out some of the honey barrels and let's go through those? Do you say, hey, you know what? Let's just start out and taste whatever and kind of see what sticks out to you. What's the process look like? Uh, the pro well, okay, the process of bourbon up. Barrel sourcing today is very challenging because of the popularity of bourbon. Um, there are, you can buy direct from distilleries. Um, you can buy direct through cast brokers who buy, who sell through something they purchase someone else. They're like a pass through. You buy direct from people who have invested in whiskey and I've seen as like, a lot of uh, things about whiskey barrel investments. Yep. It's the popularities. The more focus is on scotch, where you see like platinum whiskey investor. You know, they they're just crazy. Their decks are amazing. I, I wish I could cook that together, but <laughs> very difficult. Um, but fortunately for me, I I do deal directly with some legacy producers. Um, Wait, sadly, and as a side note, that's incredibly rare. That doesn't happen often at all. So right. for everyone and, out there that's listening, yeah, and no those reason. are coming online soon. No one's seen those yet, but still, the use of the DSP I can't use. So if you notice, and a lot of people will critique or champion MGP, which is today called Squiggly and what's it called? Squiggly and something else. It's got a weird name. It's renamed recently. So. Have you seen a High West in a bottle and bond or a, you know, uh, I don't know, Angel's Envy bought rye bottle and bond or a whatever? The use of the DSP is you can't use it, right? Right. And no one is producing, and everyone's producing right now. Currently, Bar Summer Ring Company, and that's no mystery. They promote it. They'll never do a bottle and bond out of there. Like everything I've made out of there, they'll never do a bottle and bond because you can never use a DSP number. So the reality is that you can then source stuff that the, the lack of the bottle and bond is, is what will tell whatever, but the sourcing, identifying, whatever, I mean, that in itself is, you know, like kind of a quasi luxury itself, you know what I mean? But something that I find I'm pretty passionate about because I actually turn away more things than the things that I actually purchase or try to offer because the in the case of this offering the rare character single barrel series the idea is that like I want to offer range and you know like kind of be disruptive where I've I have an actual brand coming which is a Kentucky straight bourbon between six and eight year single barrel similar to like a Blanton's right was a single barrel where you um, have that same flavor profile from Bottle to bottle to bottle. That I well, I, oh, okay. Was that it? that well, I kind of want to, but it's something I don't want to. Okay, you know I mean that's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean like that's you know like if you look at barrel bourbon, that's kind of what you expect. Like everyone's going to be a little bit different, but you want it different than that, or yeah. Well, barrels like they're like they're a bloody house. Okay, they're a bloody house. Okay, like th th that's their thing. I I really respect what they're doing. My friend Will is their first employee other than Joe, right? And I think what they're doing is killer, but like, they're a blending house, and like, 
nothing uh, that's on this table. Like a lot of balls it's in here. It's still single barrel. It's still just single barrel. And like, I really want to like really focus on that and really okay. not deter from what, you know, a piece of cooperage, a piece of wood, whether it's Kelvin or Independent Stave or, you know, uh, Space Side or, you know, whether it was on a low floor or high floor. I had a conversation last night at a place, um, it was about this old brand called Ten High, and I have a pretty wide variety of old, you know, 70s and 60s Ten High, and it's based on Ten High, like Rick's High. So one, two, three, Rick's, one floor high, three, four, five, and it, so it was like the third floor, bottom level, Ten High. Hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I find that um, the single barrel uniqueness of it Whereas I feel like everyone else within my space, my, I don't have a competitive set, but they're focusing on like cast finishes, this kind of cocktail cast finish, whereas like blueberry honey or like, you know, toasted wheat or whatever, or just toasted anything. Um, I don't do Toasteds are huge right now. So toast everything. Yeah, toasteds are absolutely the amount of people that walk in and ask for a, just something that's a toasted barrel. Toasted. So that, that's a great segue. So we went from basically like finishing to toasted to, and I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. Interrupt me, please. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm just interested in this. What's the what's the new thing for 2022? Well, I, I think single barrels have been I blowing mean, up. I mean, I I don't think. Well, I mean. I don't think there's there's one thing that could say, hey, this is the thing. I think everything's the thing. Single barrels and barrel picks have been really big because people are getting so tired of these prices continuing to go up. And a lot of these distilleries aren't charging more, but people are going and buying the very few products they have and then increasing that price on the secondary market. And people just don't want to pay that for these bourbons that... I'm sorry, Blanton's is a great bourbon, but it shouldn't be $400. It just shouldn't. Uh, and it's not worth 400 in my opinion. I, I completely agree. And, it's a great bourbon, and, and but and it wasn't meant to be I don't mean to, to take away from anybody here or whatever, but I, I got to bring Nulu into this. Like, Nulu Nulu's is, doing awesome things. I, I love Nulu. They're doing double... <clears throat> they're doing some double... Double oak stuff. They're doing some toasted stuff. And then they're doing some, you know, custom small batch stuff. And we have all that stuff here in the House of Bourbon. But, you know, <clears throat> and, and I want to promote that like that, but... Man, I I tell you, they they are really really starting to branch out. Um, they're starting to use some finishes with copper and kings, you know. And, and they do and, a lot of toasteds. And, and I, I I love those guys. All toasted. Yeah, they yeah. do a lot. They of toast everything. So some other another really cool thing that um, I realized about a lot of people that come in from out of town is they don't truly realize when you go and do a barrel pick what that means. And so basically it means that we're going to go, we're going to pick a barrel that we think that either we like the best or clientele is going to like the best. And so that barrel, it's, it's only one barrel. We're going to get it. We're going to bottle it. So when those bottles are gone, you will never be able to get that juice again. And the thing is, is it is going to taste different than their other products. And the reasoning is, is when you do a small batch or you do, you know, maker's mark. They take all these different barrels from different places in the rickhouse, they combine them to get a consistent profile. Well, with a single barrel, you're not gonna combine anything. You're just gonna have that one barrel with its very distinct profile. So it makes it unique, but it also wasn't crazy priced. So I think that's the really big new thing coming up. People are learning about um, store picks 
and they're starting to find the pallets that they trust of store owners and they're really sticking to those stores. I'll agree with that, Sam. And to that point, I think I think people are also really, really, um, I think people are also trying to find that niche that they are really wanting to enjoy. And, and, and I'm gonna segue into this and and, and I'm trying to segue into Fourgate. I think Fourgate's doing it right. Um, they've got so many batches out, and they are absolutely hitting everything on all cylinders. Um, it's a little on the higher proof side, but it's done very well. It's not super spicy. I, they, I think what they're doing is, is it's very balanced. It, it's all barrel proof, and it's and it's extremely balanced. And, and I, I really want to commend these guys of of really you know find the right barrels for what they're wanting to do for how they're wanting to do it and, and they're doing a great job of it so i actually want to bring a around a loop for a second um so we were talking about finished products earlier we were talking about angel's envy um being a finished product and another thing so i'm also a bartender and i found that and when where do you bartend so I'm actually, I was here for a while, um, focused on real estate for a little bit, and then just hopped on at a North of Bourbon, okay. new shop that just opened in Louisville, got great Cajun style food, really cool place, come check it out. But um, that being said, one thing I noticed from both working here and working there is um, with the finished product. So I have a lot of people that would come in, they'd tell me, listen, Sam, I don't love bourbon, I don't love that burn, I don't love the taste. Well, all right, what do you like? Do you like wine? If you say yes, you like wine, especially red wine, there are some incredible finished bourbons. Well, Three Chords is one I sold a lot. Um, what's the, Davies, Davies Davy, is the other Davy, one. And Davies that's, County. Yeah, those yep, are it's two a, it's bourbons. Finished in, it's finished in I would never, yeah, and I would never let any person read the bottle. I'd say, I don't wanna tell you anything. All I want you to do is try it and give me your honest opinion. And what the wine would do, would it would take away the burn of the, the bourbon. It didn't make it sweet. It didn't make it taste like sherry. It just got rid of that burn and gave it a really smooth finish. So now all of a sudden we've opened up the bourbon market to a whole new group of people Amen. that could never find a product they like. And now they love these products. And, 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 and to that point, you know, <clears throat> I have a lot of people, whether it's male or female coming in and going, oh, I don't like bourbon. I just like beer. But to that, <clears throat> to their statement, I always find something that always caters to them. And so, I love what Miss Sam just said. You know, whether you're a wine drinker, whether you're a vodka drinker, whether you're a gin drinker, or, or, or a Tennessee whiskey, Cavassier, you know, cognac, whatever, you can really find a whiskey that really fits into your profile. And, and, and to her point, my one of my favorites now is is um, is Doc Swinson's Alter Ego. You know, it's finished in cognac yeah. and sherry casks um, after already being uh, a quote-unquote bourbon in a in, in a new charred oak, you know, container there. So, whatever your, <clears throat> whatever your liking is, whatever your interest is, whatever you want to get into, there's whiskey out there that you can explore, experience, and I think you can thoroughly enjoy... Um, you know, in, 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 in all that exploration. Yeah, and the one really cool thing that's happening in Kentucky right now, especially Louisville, 
um, is all these bars and restaurants, mostly bars, they're starting to pop up that are kind of like Justin's. So, you know, there's a bar that just opened called Neat. Um, we've got North of Bourbon. So these bars, they kind of focus on doing smaller pours a one or a two ounce it's not just the standard ounce and a half you know justin's they do a half ounce i think neat they started a half ounce and the idea of it is to let you try different bourbons without you know drinking an entire ounce and a half getting drunk the point isn't to get drunk it's to actually taste the flavor profiles Amen. and to find what you like yep. and if you have somebody behind the bar that knows what they're talking about and is willing to listen to you that's what matters like that's how you're going to find something you like is by somebody who knows the products and will help you find something you like. So that that's a great intro. Let me just ask this then. And it's kind of getting close to the end here. Let me ask one more question. And that's if someone is brand new to the industry, like, you know, brand new to bourbon, because there are a lot of people who are new to bourbon right yeah. now. It's a, it's a burgeoning industry. So if you're new, it can be really easy to be overwhelmed because there's so much. Very you, you get barrel proof, you get dusties, you get, you know, single barrels. Where do you start and what's a good place to what's a good place to look? How do you how well, do I have you, a couple of good that I've typically started people on when and I'm sure Booth has his own opinion on this as well. A couple of bourbons I like to start people on just because if, if you are new to it, you probably don't like the really spiciness to the back. It takes a little while to kind of teach your palate how to like that and how to get flavor out of that. So I typically start people with, you know, chicken cock hilarious name great bottle but it's got a pretty cool history behind it and it's a 90 proofer super smooth that and basil hayden i mean basil hayden's a bit too sweet for me now it's a little bit too low proof but they do a great 80 proof product and it's really it's easier for people to get flavor notes on it i couldn't agree more sam so um chicken cock is one of the oldest brands in whiskey um right now uh, it, it has some, uh, as far as I know, it has some 15-year juice small batch into it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a pre-prohibition brand. It's been rejuvenated in the last five, six years. Love what Greg's doing. Love what Chicken Cock's doing. That, 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 that is a phenomenal brand. Um, and to that point, the 80-proof basil. I mean, if you're going to go in, let's go into a, what I call a gateway bourbon. That's a great gateway bourbon. Um, what, 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 what I would add to that is understanding your profile understanding your proof if you like buffalo trace if you like you know maker's mark maker's mark very different burgers. bullet all that so all of those are 90 proofs now if you it, it, but very different flavor profiles and let's, yeah and, and let's say you like eagle rare that's a 10 year 90 proof bourbon i mean one of the best out there as a as a substitute is widow jane Widow Jane's a 10-year, 91-proof. Love what they do. Um, if you haven't experienced that, please go do that. Um, uh, another one would be, I, I agree with Sam, with the um, with the chicken cock. Just stay within your realm of proof. And then if you start locking that, it, expand out from that into the 95, 97-proofs to 100 to 105-proofs. And just kind of go out from there if, if if people want you know more of a more of a um, you know educated and, and, and more precise um, trail to go on. That makes sense. So what I'm hearing is don't start with barrel proof because you'll turn yourself off to the entire realm of bourbon. Because if you try 120 proof bourbon, you're going to say, oh, this is tastes like alcohol, and that's all I get from that. 
So there's nothing wrong with starting out with that any proof. I'll be honest, one of my go-to bourbons is a very old Martin. I pay, you know. Mine's Buffalo Trace. Yeah. I love VOB. Because it, it, all of it's cheap. I mean, yeah. oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, Jeb. I'm, I'm gonna, oh, go I'm gonna, ahead. No, it's fine. I'm going to interrupt there. It's not cheap. Cheap means we are... <clears throat> We are changing on quality. It's affordable. It's a it's affordable. Okay. That's absolutely a fair point. It's very affordable, and I'll even say so. I've done a couple of, uh, client events here at Justin's House of Bourbon, and Booth has led a tasting for us. And one of the really telling things that he did, and it's very cool, uh, he did what he called a sugar pour and said, "Hey, we've done all these pours. You know what else you've had tonight? Um, the last pour of the night is one that it's a blind tasting. I want you to drink it." Tell me what you think. Tell me what you got out of it. And then tell me what you would pay for that in a bottle. And it was very, very cool because it was, you know, we had about a dozen people in here. Uh, again, if you've been here, they have a speakeasy in the back. You need to come back here. It's a super cool area. And when people were going around, they averaged probably 60, 80 bucks for, for the bottle. What they guessed they would pay for it. And the really interesting thing was when he actually pulled the bottle out, uh, I, I'll brag for a second. Um, he had, whenever it was my turn, I said, I think I pay 18 bucks for the bottle. Or 18 is what I expected that it'll be, the MSRP was. And uh, it turns out it was a bottle of J.W. Dant. And J.W. Dant, you can find anywhere for under 20 bucks. Great bourbon. It's like a $16 bottle. Yeah, absolutely. Quality, quality stuff. And that's what it comes down to. Wine's the same way, bourbon. You find some really quality pours, and you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get it. And I want to add to that real quick. People hear about Buffalo Trace products across the board. Guess what? They have awesome marketing. They do have good products. But because they have awesome marketing, you can't find their products. More and more people want them. There are so many awesome products, like we were just talking about. JW Dance, $16 a bottle. Great bourbon. You would never know it was a $16 bottle. So don't keep your horizons to the products you hear about. I like very old Barton because it's six. I'm guessing a six-year-old heavy hill product. Is that? Oh no no no! It's, I mean, it's well, Barton. Well, it's, Barton, sorry. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's from yeah. It's not heavy hill. Uh, but it's, sorry, yeah. I but but you you are right. That's anywhere from four to six years. It's it's you know it's it's all small batch together, all that. But yeah, VOB. Whether you're talking about the eighty proof, this eighty-six proof, or the hundred proof, absolutely killer juice for the price. Um, those bottled and bonds out there, guys. You really, really, really—I'm uh, sorry, fellows and fellerettes, guys. The, the, those those bottled bonds are really, really spot on. Whether it be from Heaven Hill, whether it be from these other legacy distilleries, um, I, I absolutely encourage you all to try these lower value bourbons, but not cheap bourbons. Um, I, I think you guys would really, really be impressed by. By, uh, by what's on the shelf out there. And two bourbons that I do think are kind of slept on, just real quick. Um, I think if you like dark chocolate and you like those like really earthy notes, but not sweet, Old Forester 1920 and Woodford Double Oak. You can find both of them retail. They are both fantastic products, and because you can find them retail, people overlook them. In, 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 in 1910. 1910. Yeah, 1910 and 1910. Yeah, 1910, 1920, Wilford Double Oaked, and my, my, one of my favorites, Cooper's Craft 100. Oh, Cooper's is great. Yeah. But guys, I really appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. I'm going to head it over to the, the Jeb right here. Um, I, I, think, I think this has been a great little session here. Jeb, really appreciate you all bringing all of us out tonight. 
Thank you so much. And, and Brian, Sam, Pablo, I appreciate your all's time. This yeah, has been a fun time. It's been a fun one. Uh, so I will drop links in the show notes to uh, Rare Character, to Old Carter, and to Justin's House of Bourbons. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to them. Reach out to me. I'll put you in touch. Uh, and then, as always, you know, uh, don't forget to subscribe and like, and I appreciate your time.